0: So praise God. We're going to have a great service tonight, so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer and get going. Heavenly Father, I just praise you tonight. I thank you, Lord God, for that you are God and that you are the God of our life. And we're here tonight in the middle of this week just to worship you, to sing our praises to you, Lord, to, to desire and open up our hearts to hear and have a revelation from heaven. Lord, to know you in a greater way. Lord, you said in John 17, 3, that to know you is to know eternal life. And so really, Lord, to us, it's knowing you was the beginning of our life. And so tonight, we just want to stand here and worship you and say thank you, and that we praise you, Lord, and you mean everything in the world to us. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
1: surrender We give your hearts, we give you our praise, Lord. We lift up our voice. You are the Lord. You are powerful. You are mighty. You are the maker of the world. You put breath in our lungs. feel me lord There's nothing else in this world that can feel me overflowing but your presence lord Your spirit inside of me This is the air I breathe. This is the
0: But Jesus, we are lost without you. And tonight, we just open up our hearts and we worship you, Lord, and we thank you. You're so good to us. Lord, your mercy is fresh and new to us every day. No matter how many times we make a mistake, the next morning it's always fresh and anew again, Lord. Because your love never stops. It never ceases. It's always reaching out to us. There's nowhere we can hide from it. Your love is always abounding and and pouring out to us. So, Lord, we just declare man, we are desperate just to worship you, desperate just to be in your presence, desperate just, Lord God, to be with you every day, every moment. That your power and your presence is in our lives. Lord, it's in our lives. Because we don't want religion, we want a relationship. Lord, we want to we want to walk with you and talk with you and We can't do it without you, Lord. We can't do it without you. Lord, I just pray everyone tonight, listening and watching, Lord, I just declare and just just pray that everyone is touched by your power and your presence here tonight. That, Lord, you just begin to invade homes, invade their cars, invade this space. Begin to touch people, Lord God. As they reach out to you, as their hearts open to you, and as they reach out to you, I think you that, Lord, that anointing, your anointing, your presence goes into their life and begins to touch them and set them free. Lord, no matter what kind of report they've gotten, no matter what, how bad the situation looks, Lord, when you step into the middle of it, everything changes. And so, Lord, I pray for people tonight that they get the faith going and that, Lord, you step right into the middle of their lives and into their sorrows and into their their joys and into whatever's going on with them, Lord. Because nothing matters but you, Jesus. And so, Lord, bless them tonight. Lord, I thank you that you heal people, that you set people free, that people are delivered from addictions right now. Because when you enter the room, everything from hell's got to go. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it, Lord, tonight. Now, come on, even those of you at home or wherever you are, reach over and grab that person beside you and, and, and pray for somebody tonight. Speak a good word over them. Come on, we need a good word spoken over us. So pray for them. Just ask God to bless them. Ask God to bless them. Lord, just bless them tonight. Lord, more than they could ever even imagine. Just bless them. Bless them, Lord God. Let them see your goodness and your mercy flowing in their lives. Lord, I just thank you for doing miracles. Just doing miracles in their midst. Just doing miracles, Lord, in our midst. So Lord, bless them this night more than they can ever imagine. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I look and tell somebody, man, I'm desperate for Jesus. I am desperate for Jesus. I can't live without Jesus. I don't know how people exist. I don't know how people make it in this life. Without Jesus and a relationship with him, man. Without his presence, I don't know what I'd do guess I'd do something wrong, more than likely. Well, praise the Lord. I want to share something with you tonight. So get your Bibles out. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the title of this message is tonight, Framing Your World. Okay. So I'm going to share something along the lines. It's kind of along the lines I've been preaching But uh, I got a little different twist I want to help you tonight. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you right now as I share the word that it's not my words, but it's your words. It's words of power, words of faith, words of much assurance that turn the people's hearts to you, O oh Lord. I declare revelation is going to flow forth. I declare people are going to hear tonight what need, they need to hear, Lord. That we're going to understand how to frame our worlds. We're going to understand how to grow in faith. We're going to understand how the living word works in our life. And so, Lord, I just thank you for it. I thank you, Holy Ghost, for making it happen right now in Jesus' name. Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, God in the beginning, if you go all the way back to Genesis and you look at it, when God created the world, he spoke everything into existence, right? Amen? Amen. In the beginning, God said, light be, and light showed up. Right? Y'all with me? Come on. All right. Okay. So the principle, because you're created in the image of God, the principle is, is that God wants you to act like he acts. I preached about this some on Sunday, about Jesus didn't see anything except what he saw the Father do, everything Jesus did. He learned in heaven. He was just following his Father. You are created in the image of God. And so you're creating the image of God, filled with the Spirit of God, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus. And so then what we should be doing is acting like our Heavenly Father acts. Right? But the problem with this in life is that we're not. We're sight-oriented people. So what we do is everything we see, we respond to, either in a positive or a negative fashion. Right? So, um... What's happened to us is we live under this world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that's under a curse. And so, when, 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 what's happening to us all the time is we're being pressured, 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 to just really look at things negatively. Right? Come on, y'all, y'all don't, y'all aren't looking at me happy enough tonight. I don't know what's going on. Okay, so right, we're just we. We're, the world wants to focus on everything, everything is negative. I mean, I've, I've laughed. If you, if you watch television, you look at a commercial, they, enter, they, they, they put out a drug. They tell you what this drug will do for you. It'll do this. But then they tell you all the side effects for it, which is worse than what you had when you started. So they're automatically not putting faith within you. You take the drug, you're looking at it and saying, my God, what is going to happen to me? Right? I mean, just looking at the side effects. So immediately it's nothing, faith involved in it. It's actually fear involved into it. Everything is fear. Now they have RSV commercials. Have you heard those? Coming out, playing over the radio, you know, whatever, you need to go go get checked. You're old, you might get RSV, you're going to die, and all this. And I'm like, what in the world? I mean, we used to have major flu epidemics and everybody's dying and never even made the news. But nowadays, everything's about fear. Everything's going to kill you. It's killing. And so, what happens is then you begin to frame your world based upon the negativity that's been coming into you that you've been being bombarded with, whether you realize it or not. And I can tell you, you can isolate yourself. You can dig you a hole. You can crawl in it. You can shut off yourself from, the, from television, from Internet, from, from phones, from everything like that. But then you're going to have to just have somebody bring you groceries, leave them at the gate and go get them. Because if you come to town, you're going to run across somebody that's negative. Right? There's no way to get a, a completely get everything away from you except what I'm going to preach tonight. This is the only thing that'll work. All right, and so you got to look at your world. How do you want your world to be? Do you want your world in a disaster? Do you want to live in torment? Do you do you like confrontation? Do you like problems? Do you like you know like that's how you like to wake up in the morning and say man it wasn't really too good a day I just you know everything went okay. No, I think all of us want to to walk a smooth path, right? And if there is any obstacles we have to come, we can overcome them, right? Okay, so now look at Hebrews 10, 19. Let's go back a chapter. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Look at that. A true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience or our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now, God is always faithful. God's faithfulness is always stretching out. God's faithfulness is just like, like a, a giant laser beam going out all the time. He's just going out. He's always going to be faithful. God's not going to be unfaithful. God's not going to not show up for work. I mean, God's not going to not answer his promises or not pick up the phone or put you on hold for a few years. God's faithful. He's always going to be there, always stretching out, always going forth, always bringing up. It's what That's how God is. That's who he is. That's why he's God, right? Okay. But are we faithful? Are we holding our confession? Are we holding fast to our confession and framing our worlds? So when you wake up in the morning, you know, and you say, I oh, praise God, I thank you, Lord, you're with me. And says, if you're with me, everything's going to be okay today. Okay, now you're getting something going, right? Because you're, you're, you're at least framing a, a positive outlook for the, for the day. You know, Lord, you're going to bless. I thank you, Lord, you go before me and you go behind me. You're blessing me now. You're using the word, and you're sticking out you your 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 you're you're working the word for lack of a better way to say it. All right? But then you go out and there's a few bumps and a few hiccups. How long does it take you to turn negative? Okay? Now, I want to show you this. This I saw this and I just started laughing. I never had quite seen it like this, but the Holy Ghost showed it to me and I was just like, I said, you're right. Thank God. Go to Luke chapter four, verse one. Luke four, one. Okay, it's a story of Jesus and the, and the devil. And so let me just read it. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterwards when he had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, I shared this Sunday, and I want to just... I mean, like Sunday's message, you're just going to to go back and listen to it because I want to deviate and go somewhere else with it. But three times Jesus defeats the devil. Three times Jesus uses the word of God to defeat the devil. Right? Right. I mean, we've known this. This is not a new message. This is not a new revelation. Right. Unless you just got saved. So the devil comes at him. And immediately Jesus defeats him. Now, we've taught this over the years. This is how you defeat the devil. Okay, using the word of God. It's true. This is the way, right? Okay, but I'm going to show you something here tonight. Okay, let me read on. It says, and the devil take him up into a high mountain, showed him all the... Uh, the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I'll give you and the glory it has been delivered unto me and I'll give it unto whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all this will be yours. And Jesus answered and said, get behind me, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord God and him only shall you worship. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written. Now, what, what, The devil's quoting the scripture. The devil's using the word. Okay, so let's just think about this. Ephesians 6 says the word is the sword of the spirit, right? Right. So, I mean, let this image into your head a little bit, okay? I mean, I I know I'm painting kind of my picture here tonight, but this is the way I see it. The devil tells Jesus, if you're the son of God, Jesus whips out the sword. Right? So now like the devil said, oh, he does it again, and Jesus whoosh. And then the devil said, oh, so we're going to do sword drill. We're going to do sword battle. Okay, I'm going to throw some sword at you. So the devil jumps out and quotes the scripture, quotes Psalms 91. The devil says, for it's written, he shall give his angels charge over to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. The devil quoted the word at Jesus. So he like took his knife out. If the sword, if the word of God is is the sword of the spirit, right? Okay, but you've got to understand something about the devil. The devil is not human. The devil is a cre- he's a fallen angel. He was a created being. He's dealing with Jesus, who is God in human form. Right? There's one thing that the devil had or didn't have that Jesus had in this situation. Faith. Because faith is produced in the human heart. So when the devil used the word, he used the word like a lot of Christians use the word with no faith. Because he can't produce faith. Just think about this. He says, he'll give his angels charge of you. To, to, to And if that would have happened, then all of a sudden, the next thing they know, the devil would have had angels standing all around him. Because the word of God would have come to pass. You follow what I'm saying? He wasn't going to be that stupid. Next thing he wants is Michael and Gabriel standing there with their swords out saying, What did you say? But he's a created being and he couldn't operate in faith like God created us to operate in faith. Because see, if he would have, it would have happened. Because God's word's going to come about. And so then Jesus says... Uh, Tells him, Jesus answered and said, and him has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended the temptation, he departed from him from a very opportune time. Okay? Go to 1 Peter 1.12. 1 Peter 1.12. 1 Peter 1.12 says, to them it has been revealed that not to themselves, but to us, that they are ministering the things which we now have been reported to you, Through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Angels are not on the same, they're not the same as we are. They're created beings. Hello? Okay, Michael and Gabriel sent down, they give a word and do this. One angel kills 185,000 Assyrians. I don't think you want to be on their wrong, the bad side of them, right? But they're not us. And the thing that separates us from them is faith. Because we have an ability to sit here and say, man, I just, I'm desperate for you, Lord. Because there's something down on the inside of us that God created us and put within us that causes us to produce faith. Faith is what moves mountains. Faith is what, what, when, is what pleases God, Hebrews eleven six 6 tells us. Angels can't do this. Had they been able to do this, then the devil would have called forth angels. But he couldn't do it cuz Psalms 91 wasn't going to work for him. Okay. Go to Hebrews 10, I mean, excuse me, Romans 10:17. So how are we going to activate this faith? How are we going to get, because I know all of us, we've prayed and thought we were in faith and didn't see anything happen or something of this nature and our faith gets shaken. Okay, let's just look at this. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I was reading that and it was like it leapt off the page and and just, just shot into my heart. Okay. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we've always said, okay, we've taught Christians, which is better than not teaching them at all, but we've taught Christians, you know, if you read the words, you're you hear the word, you're saying the words, you're speaking the word, you know, you've got to hear the word, then, you know, then faith starts to come. But wait a minute, what if you read it this way? So then faith comes by hearing God and hearing his word. In other words, the word is God, it's God's word. Right? There's a difference because the devil was quoting Psalms 91, but he knew nothing was going to happen. And you can't be a Christian who's quoting the word or just saying the word. Well, let me rephrase that. I guess you can be a Christian who is just saying the word and seeing nothing happen. But we want to be Christians who are confessing the word and seeing mountains being moved. Right? Right? So then faith comes when you begin to have the word in you so much that you're hearing God's voice. We've taught this from being the Logos word is just the written word and the Rhema is means when the inspiration of it comes to you. Well, okay, that's right. But then if faith comes by hearing, hearing what? Hearing the word to where you know God said it to you. If you want to know what faith is, faith means that you can't be talked out of it because you know God said it to you. So if God says, uh, I love you, and you know it because God said you don't have to go to the word and say, no, God said he loves me. See, it says over here and 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 here. See, he says he loves me. Yeah, but is that changed your heart because you know you heard the voice of God say to you, man, I love you. That's the difference. Faith is when faith comes by hearing, yes, and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. But faith comes when the word of God becomes alive to you and you're hearing as if it is your heavenly father speaking to you. Then faith comes. And then once faith comes. Well, then faith activates everything. Okay, let's read. Go back up to uh, verse 8, Romans 10 8. Well, go up to, yeah, Romans 10 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, it's in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So salvation comes about, salvation comes about because of something that took place in your heart that then was so real to you, it came out of your mouth. Right? Isn't that a good way to say it? Because it was so real to you in your heart, it came out of your mouth. I was listening to the preacher uh, on YouTube, and uh, he was preaching, and he said, yeah, I, I, a man came up in a prayer line, and he said, uh, he said, ask him, he said, I, I just want to ask you a question, you know, am I saved? And he said, no. And he said, well, how do you know? He said, you don't know me. And he said, but if you have to ask me if you're saved, then you're not saved. Because the first person that should know you're saved is you. And I'm like, man, that was good. I bet that guy was shocked. If you don't know that you're saved, then you're probably not. Because the first person that should know would be you on the inside of you. Because why? You had a conversation with God one day. And it came out of your mouth. Oh, Jesus, thank you for being my Savior. I want you to come into my life. Boom. Boom. You got saved and you know it because you heard the voice of God. But that, then Christians stop right there. They don't go on. They just stop right there at salvation. So, oh, I'm just glad I got saved. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm, I'm not going to go to hell. And I'm glad I'm saved. And, and this is great. But God has so much more for us. He has so much more that He wants us to do and so much more that He wants us to reach out for and to believe Him for. So, I got challenged when I was. Going over this message, the Holy Ghost started challenging me. And he said, what are, how are you framing your world? And I said, what do you mean? I mean, my gosh. I mean, we're already working on three continents and doing everything in the world. And, and, and what do you mean? He said, yeah, but what about the other things? I said, what other things? I mean, come on. I got, we're doing good. And it's like, well, how are you framing... My word over the community, over this area, this region, are you letting all of this come into you and to say, oh, these people are crazy, letting the negativity come into me and what we see the craziness going on and what people are doing. And I can't believe that they're doing that. And Oh, my gosh, this and that and the other and just going along and talking about that. Or are you framing your world saying, man, they're setting themselves up to get saved. Thank you, Lord. You're going to do a great move. You know, you can go, you know, and, and believe me, listen to me. I, anybody don't send me an ugly letter. I don't need any more. But, uh, you know, the, the revival that's going on in Kentucky, you know. Okay. So. Someone asked me. What did I think of it? And I said, man, it's great. It's glorious. I, you know, I, I guess so what I see, you know, it's God's moving and people are worshiping God for hours on end and going 24-7. I mean, this is all good. This is all great. And praise the Lord for that. I said, I just, I'm just kind of sitting back watching to see how quickly man gets involved in it and then gets it all messed up because he always do. When I read, I've read history about revivals. The revivals I want to see are the revivals that... Uh, like Jonathan Edwards, when he would go into a town to preach, there was somebody that had already gone ahead and been praying. And when he came into town to preach, people literally came running out of their houses and fell on their faces and began to repent. Bars closed down, prostitutes fell out into the streets, people began to, that, to, to give money back, and people that had cheated and lied. All this was taking place before he ever even got to the pulpit and preached. What I'm saying is God God is a God who wants to move, but what am I framing? How am I framing my world? I just get to looking at the negativity and say, come on back, Jesus, just get me, get me out of here. And I was convicted that I need to be speaking and framing how we want to see the United States go. How do we want to see Texas, our, our state, be? How do we want to see our county be? How do we want to see our towns be? Instead of saying, well, them liberals are taking over or whatever. No, it starts saying, God, I thank you that people are setting themselves up and their hearts are open to to receive your word. I I, I declare, Lord, God, our town's blessed. I declare that the people in our town are getting their hearts open to receive Jesus. I I thank you, Lord, that that conviction is coming. I thank you that whatever whatever the enemy meant for evil, Lord, you're going to turn it around for good and people are going to be blessed. Our county's going to prosper. Our town's going to prosper. You see, framing your world, don't let this junk that's going on begin to get you framing your world negatively. Where does it take place? It takes place in your heart, and then it happens? It comes out of your mouth when it's ripe. But it does it both ways. If what's in your heart's negative, It's going to come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So if you want to know where you are, just listen to yourself. He goes on and says, for with the heart one believes. So the heart is a producer, not the pumping heart, not the muscle in you, but the soul of you, the who, the real essence of who you are is what produces faith. With the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Or the mouth, confession is made to salvation. It's a, it's a. They go together. The belief in the heart, then it comes out of the mouth. Okay, so from all the literature, all the things that have been written in life, and you know, even myself, I've written stuff that you know, I'm, i you're, You've got the word listed, and so a person literally can take the word, the scriptures can quote the scriptures and speak the scriptures out of their mouth and never do it in faith. They did it just like the devil. And they can do it, and if you do it long enough, and in a habit-forming way, you do it long enough, before long it becomes a work in your life, And you just become religious. Think of this. The Pharisees could quote the Bible backwards and forwards, right? A lot of words spoken. But none of it was mixed with faith. So what happened? They didn't mix it with faith. And then so what happened? Didn't profit. Look, it says this out in Hebrews 4.2. It says, for indeed... The gospel was preached to us as well as unto them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Right? So they heard it, but let me go back. They heard it, but what did they hear? In other words, there were people sitting there and heard the preacher preaching. And part of them took it as God spoke. And they got faith in it and they saw something happen. There was others who just heard that word and took it as Paul speaking or Peter speaking or Jesus speaking. They didn't hear the voice of God. Folks, listen to me. I just, I just ask you to endeavor this the rest of this week When you read your Bibles and when you're looking at scriptures, don't don't read it as just words. But put yourself in a position to produce faith. And when when you're quoting a scripture, reading words or whatever you're doing, listen for the voice of God in it. Because when you hear the voice of God, it changes you. So, if you've been walking around saying, ah, we're never gonna prosper, everything's, the, the, the world's, you know, everything's situation is so crazy, everything's so off, everything's off, nothing's right, we don't get anything anymore, nothing's getting shipped in right, nothing's doing this, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay? And that's what you've been saying. Now you gotta get it turned around. And you may start out only saying it and not really believing it. But that's okay. You got to start. Right? You got to start, but you got to start with that heart that wants to hear the voice of God in the word. When you read when you read a scripture like Jeremiah 29:11, I have loved you with an everlasting love, and that scripture hits you as a revelation. And you're like, "Oh my gosh, he really does love me." You heard the voice of God. You see what I'm saying? You heard the voice of God in that scripture and that changes your life because now all of a sudden the devil can't steal it from me and you by faith can operate in all the scriptures based on God loving you. Your heart will produce faith for it. But if you've got an area over here that... See folks, I I, I like have this giant stove in my my brain. And when I get to reading something and I don't quite understand it, I always just do what I say. I just put it on the back burner. And like I have, I have a big giant oven with a lot of things on back burners. Because I don't know everything. And today, one that I have had simmering on the back burner for, I don't know, a good a good 30 years. 30 years of simmering. Today, it was ready. And the Lord pulled it over and showed it to me. And I was like, <laughs> 30 years that thing been simmering. I've been saying, Lord, I don't really know what that you're talking about here. And I drag it over every once in a while and stir the pot and say, I don't see nothing. to push it back over there. And today, the Lord... 30 years of simmering. But it doesn't matter. I heard the voice of God. So now if that ever comes up to me again, I'm like, I heard God. I know what he said. I heard the voice of God today. So I know that one. My faith is there, is producing there. Prior to, I mean, this has happened today. So prior to, let's say, lunch, I'd have told you, I'm not real sure. But I heard the voice of God. Through the word, I mean, I didn't, the clouds didn't part and there was no burning bush or I didn't hear, you know, Robert, you know, nothing. No, no, no. It's talking about in my heart, the word that's been simmering for 30 years, all of a sudden I heard saw the voice of God and I heard, Pop! end of story. That's how we have to live, folks. That's the only way we can live. We have this, we're created with this ability to produce faith, believe our God that his word is true, that he is faithful, speak it out of our mouth and see mountains move. That's the pole principle. And it's such a great principle that the devil even tried it on Jesus, but he had one problem. He doesn't produce faith. He can't produce faith. So, you want to know what's going on in your world? Look around it. See what you've been framing? The bad habits or the bad things, you know, whatever it is. The bad verbiage coming out of your mouth? Well, just listen to your heart. Listen to your mouth, what comes out of your mouth, and then just start writing it down. I need to stop this. <laughs> right? No more am I going to talk about this. We're not saying that. We're not going to discuss this. Write your list down, and then you'll find God will give you a word to go with it and get that thing turned around. Start framing your worlds by faith and watching what God does. Amen? It's going to be good. I'm just telling you, it's going to be good. I would, like to, I would like to be the person who, even in the middle of the apocalypse going on, could still keep a smile on my face and say, well, God, you've got a lot of work to do here, but it's going to work out. You're in charge, not me. Be able to keep a smile on and go on down the road. That'll be the secret to living through it all. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Put your Bibles up. Let me pray over you. Stand up. I just want to tell you, everyone out there that's watching or listening, listen to me. Jesus loves you. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a great scripture. He's loved you with an everlasting love. And if you've never had the love of God, you don't understand the love of God. I'm just telling you, God loves you. He loves you so much, he sent Jesus down for you. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, well, right there in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, Those scriptures, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, yeah, it's got to come from your heart. But if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, He will forgive you of your sins, and He will wash you in His blood, and He will make you right before God. So all you have to do is call out upon the name of Jesus, and you watch what He does for you. And I want to just pray over everybody and bless everybody. Father, I just thank you right now that, Lord, we're going to be people who frame our world By the word of God. Lord, I just declare that tonight. That there's a revelation gone forth. That people will hear. That they'll realize that the errors of our ways. That Lord, where we've been speaking what's wrong out of our mouth. We're going to begin to change. We're going to begin to speak word over our communities. Over our our counties. Over our state. Over our nation. Lord God, over our lives. Our family. Everything going on. Lord, and see your word begin to move mountains. And see your word just working in our life. So Lord, bless them. I declare this revelation is going to stay in them. I declare the devil is sealed in them. The devil is not going to steal it anyway out of their hearts that, Lord, they're going to have a change in life experience tonight. And, Lord, I give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.